0: Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, Episode 63. I'm just kidding. Welcome back to our third week of mini-episodes that are airing on Friday mornings. I received a good bit of feedback from you guys on the last couple of short episodes, especially the last one where Alyssa was cutting my hair, and I was talking about why we decided to name our blog Heath and Alyssa vs. the RV Entrepreneur. So thank you guys for listening. I had a lot of fun pushing that one out. It's it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I've listened to a lot of podcasts like Serial, S-Town, Startup, That are very good at storytelling and I was intimidated to push that out So I actually wrote the script for that one over six months ago and I've just been sitting on it So again fear is stupid just jump. I guess the lesson there is just jump in and and give it a shot So I appreciate you guys being patient I'm still playing around with the format of these mini episodes But the goal is to provide value and just jump right into things So today I'm going to be answering the 21 questions people always ask us about living in an rv I know I've probably answered almost all of these questions at some point on the podcast, but not all in one episode. So that's what I'm going to do on this episode. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. Question number one. Do you guys ever get tired of living in a small space? Honestly, no. Sometimes I do miss having a bathtub and I realize that sounds weird as a, a man acknowledging that I miss a bathtub, but I don't really care. Baths are awesome. I guess what I'm saying is that every now and then I do miss some little luxuries like limitless hot water and amazing Wi-Fi, of course, is the other big one. But as far as space goes, I honestly never feel crammed or tired of living in a small space, at least not in the first three years of doing it, which is a decent amount of time, especially now that we have slide outs. Slide outs make the world of difference versus Franklin, uh, or first RV versus America, the RV that we have now. Plus it helps that we keep our space very clean. Every time after we have a meal in the RV, we put the dishes away for the most part. And this just makes it feel so much bigger and not crammed. I think if all of our cabinets were busting at the seams, uh, you know, it would feel a lot smaller, but we honestly keep a lot of them pretty open. So I think that helps. Two, how do you get mail, internet, TV, and phone service? Internet is obviously the big one here. As of just this past week, we started carrying both Verizon and AT&T while on the road. Up till this point, we've just had Verizon. Our first year on the road, we squeaked by on eight gigs a month of Verizon RV park Wi-Fi when it was decent. And then we spent a lot of time in Starbucks anytime we had to actually get a lot of work done or upload videos, or anything like that. Last year, we picked up an unlimited Verizon plan through a third-party distributor. He had had a bunch of Verizon plans, uh, grandfathered for his business plan, unlimited unlimited plans, I believe it was, uh, and he would lease those out, and it was kind of like a sketchy, back-party thing. And we had that for like a, almost a year now, and it was kind of too good to be true. We knew at any point it could go away because Verizon's been cracking down on people who are breaking their terms of agreement. You're not really supposed to lease these out. And so as of a month ago, we did get the news that our plan was being terminated. So Alyssa actually looked at me, she got the email, and she's like, don't freak out. And I honestly thought somebody had died or something really bad had happened, but uh, we were losing our internet. So we had to figure something else out. And what we ultimately decided to do was – uh, get rid of that Verizon plan. It was going to be like 180 bucks to try to get another one. And that was too expensive. So we bought unlimited AT&T plan that we're going to be trying out. And then we have around 10 gigs or so still a month on Verizon that we can use when we need it. So we're going to try AT&T for a while. I've heard it's better on the East Coast. And so uh, if you want more internet related questions for being in the RV and on the road, I definitely recommend Technomadia, their blog. They have a lot of uh, resources on mobile internet, and so I would highly recommend checking them out. I'll link them up in the show notes. As far as mail, we actually have that forward to my in-laws, Alyssa's parents' house, back in Texas. Most of our mail is via email anyway, but occasionally... We'll get checks from clients who don't wanna pay us through PayPal or whatever, and they actually send physical checks in the mail, so we'll send that to my in-laws house. Escapees is a company that you can use that has a mail forwarding service. It's pretty straightforward. They forward all your mail to uh, their PO box in Livingston, Texas, and they can scan it, send it to you while you're on the road. It's it's pretty easy and it's not that big of a deal. For TV, what's TV? No, I'm kidding. We watch uh, Netflix mostly when internet permits and occasional DVD of friends or The Office, and so that's that's what we use for TV. Three. Do you stay at RV parks, and how much does overnight RV parking typically cost? We almost always stay at RV parks. I talked about this on two episodes ago of the short mini-episodes, how we've kind of been haggling a little bit and going back and forth as far as providing services for campgrounds. And so the past six months, we have paid very, very little for campgrounds. But before that, RV parks typically range... 35 a night and they can go as expensive up to 150 a night or something like that. Like it was in the keys where we were a couple weeks ago. So it all depends on the location, how nice the park is. And obviously, the longer you stay, the cheaper it'll be. You can get weekly, monthly rates at a lot of places. We prefer staying in national parks and state parks when we can, but you also don't typically get all the amenities in those places. So it's kind of a trade-off in uh, both ways. One of our favorite things we use is Passport America. I talked about them quite a bit, 50% off at campgrounds that are that are participating in Passport America. They're not always the nicest. Some of them are decent, but when you can pay 13 bucks and you just need a place for hookups or something for the night... It does the job. How long do we typically stay in one place? This is a difficult question to answer because we still haven't really figured this out. It's all fluctuated and it's mostly been dependent on projects that we're doing while on the road. Our first year, we were filming Hourly America. And so we were going two to three states every week, filming and hustling to try to get to the next place. After Hourly America, we spent several months in one place in Austin using really cheap rent. It was three hundred and sixty dollars a month and just really hustling to scale up our income, decrease our expenses so we could pay off a bunch of student debt. And we paid off over $14,000 that year in 2015. And then we went back on the road. And most of the time after that, it's been project centric. We had a client in Portland last summer and we were premiering our documentary there, and so we went there for a little over a month and kind of just have bounced around based on where projects are, and we do a lot of fun stuff in between there. And this year, our travels up the East Coast is really the first time that we said, hey, we're going to go do the East Coast, and we've just built our projects into our travels instead of the other way around. So I pitched Jellystone on doing a series of videos for their park. So we're going to be doing uh, some client videos while we're on the road. And so that's how we've kind of framed our travels. We're staying at a month-long site here at the KOA in Myrtle Beach. And that's been one of the few times we've just been randomly staying a month in a place while on the road. How long did it take us to downsize? We made the transition into RV life not long after college. So we really didn't have time to accrue a lot of stuff. We had to get rid of a TV, a few pieces of furniture, and a lot of our clothes. But other than that, not too much. This was probably a lot easier for us than it would be for somebody who has lived in a home for 20 to 30 years. I can understand the difficulty of what that might look like when I see my parents' home uh, where my brothers and I were raised. I can only imagine how hard it would be to get everything up. That being said, I've talked with a lot of full-time RVers who do a test run of RVing for one year before selling everything. This way, they can give it a shot before taking the full plunge. And I think that's a really smart way to go. Six. What made us decide to buy an RV versus a tiny house? I honestly looked at buying a tiny house before we moved into the RV, but our style was better suited for living the RV lifestyle. We like to move around a lot, and while tiny houses can be mobile, they aren't mobile-like RVs. The other reason I'd originally looked into tiny houses was because of their sleek and you know modern design, the same reason a lot of people initially look into tiny houses. But as it turns out, we were able to renovate our older RV, Franklin, and our newer rig, our newer Winnebago, has a real a much more modern feel. And-, and so that kind of appeased some of those concerns. Seven. How many miles per gallon do you get in one of those things? In other words, how much does gas cost? It's really depressing when I tell you that we probably get around seven to eight miles a gallon in our Winnebago Brave. Well, that's while towing the car. I've tried it, I've tested it out a couple of times to kind of calculate gas mileage. And then I just didn't do it after that because it was it was frankly pretty depressing and I knew calculating it constantly wasn't going to make me feel better about that. But that in and of itself is is just part of the lifestyle. Uh, in Franklin, we did our 48-state road trip, and it was a 94 Coachman Leprechaun, and we spent $6,000 total to travel during those 200 days to all 48 states. So it kind of gives you an idea of depending on how fast you're moving, how much gas can cost. We're stationary this month. We're not paying anything for gas. So it all depends on how quickly you're traveling as well. How do you stay in shape on the road? The BoFlex. I'm no, I'm just kidding. We go on walks, I do push-ups, we have a little yoga mat in the RV, and on days when I'm feeling super motivated, I will go for a run. But other than that, we honestly don't do too much. For a period of time, we also had a gym membership to Planet Fitness, which was $20 a month, and they have over 800 locations across the country, so I would definitely recommend them. They are typically really nice locations. We joined during a promo period, and it was $10 a month, but I think typically it's 20 bucks a month, so it's pretty easy. Nine, will you travel when you have kids? This is really the million-dollar question. To be totally honest, I have no idea. I My gut says that we will travel when we have kids. I've just seen so many families out on the road with their kids exploring, being junior rangers in national parks, and showing them the world through a really unique way. And, I, and my gut tells me, yes. I also want to be close to my family, though, when we have kids and you know have let them enjoy their grandparents and things like that. Probably be a, a little bit of both. We'll probably have a house, a home base somewhere more than we are now but I I absolutely want to travel with my kids in an RV and show them the country. 10, when are you gonna get a real house or quote unquote settle down? We don't have an end in date in mind of our RV travels. It could be next year or several years down the road. I honestly don't know. 11, where do you dump your poop? Most all RVs have a gray tank, black tank, and freshwater tank, although some people use a composting toilet. Uh, The freshwater tank that we have is uh, around 60 gallons, and that's your drinking water. Black tank is your waste. Gray tank is sink or shower water. You have a little hose that comes out of your tank that connects with the sewer. You pull a lever that says gray one and one that says black, and that's typically your waste. It's pretty simple. 12, what do you do for making money while on the road? Obviously, this podcast is all about that, but if you didn't know, the first year on the road, we had a sponsor for our travels. We did a lot of freelance writing for RV companies. Alyssa runs our video production business, so we've done a lot of online educational videos where we have clients that we work with at various points, so authors, small businesses. Alyssa's filmed weddings. She edits them still while we're on the road. We have some sponsors like Winnebago, so we'll do content partnerships with them throughout the month. And... Just recently started adding some sponsors on the podcast. We're doing some videos for campgrounds. We hosted the RV Entrepreneur Summit. It's kind of the long-winded answer of saying we do a lot of things right now, and we're working on dwindling them down to less, and hopefully before too long, campground booking will also be a profitable software business, and that will be really what I'm spending most all of my time on. And what I do for the next five, 10 years. How do you keep up with friendships while on the road? I pick up the phone and call people a lot. I'm one of those weird people that actually still use the phone quite a bit. It's probably annoying for some of my friends because I call them Almost weekly uh, But we actually have some friends staying with us In the RV this week It's uh, a couple of our friends, Nate and Kara They have a YouTube channel Just a side note, you should go follow them They're really cool And they're, they're just hanging out with us for a few days So I would just say intentionality We call people, if we're going to be going somewhere We try to be in, uh, intentional on reaching out to them And grabbing a cup of coffee This past weekend in, in Charleston, we hosted a little impromptu RV meetup, and uh, we're gonna be traveling up the East Coast this year. So if you're listening to this and you're on the East Coast, shoot us an email and maybe we can hang out or do a little meetup in your town or just meet up for a cup of coffee. 14, what do we do for health insurance? Last year, we went through a company called the RV Insurance Exchange, and we paid around 265 bucks a month for just list to be on there. And then this year, we went through a health sharing plan. This is something that we originally heard about through Alyssa's parents and then several other RVers who were going through a similar type of health-sharing plan. It's different than health insurance. You basically put all of your money into a central pot, and when somebody gets hurt or needs to make a claim, then your money goes directly to those people, and you can actually see who's getting taken care of. This, I don't have as good of an explanation. Alyssa is really the one who handled and facilitated a lot of this, but she wrote a really in-depth post about how we made the decision for going with the health-sharing plan versus traditional health insurance company and we pay around 250 bucks a month i'll link up to that post on the show notes from this episode if you guys want to check it out 15 what about washing clothes almost every campground that we've ever stayed at has a wash area so we use that 16 does elissa drive the rv no she drove Franklin, but she does not drive our newer RV. 17. What do you guys do for groceries and cooking? Whenever we're in a new place, we go to a local grocery store, we buy food, and we cook it in the RV. Alyssa's uh, gluten-free, so we mostly have all gluten-free stuff. We've been cutting out sugar and a lot of other stuff like that. So we're trying to incorporate going to more local restaurants because we're doing more vlogging, more vlogging stuff, and we want to be able to highlight local restaurants. Most of the time, we just cook in the RV, and uh, that's how we do it. 18. How did we know what type of RV to choose? This is a little bit more difficult question. When we first started, we first looked at towing a pop-up camper because it was super cheap. We looked at truck campers, then I found out they were about the same price as Class C motorhomes once you factor in the cost of buying the truck and the truck camper and all of that. And so we chose the class C because it was frankly in our price range. We wanted to have a motorhome, have everything be all inclusive. We didn't have to tow anything. And then we chose the class A because it had more workspace and we liked having the motorhome with everything be all in one. And so everyone has different reasons for why they choose what they do, but that's why we did. What's your favorite place or trip that you've ever been on? I would say probably it's still driving up the Pacific coast highway. I just... Love it. It was our first month of, of full-time traveling, and it was just the most beautiful drive ever. As far as national parks, Tetons, hands down. I love the Tetons. Uh, I think they're severely underrated, and I think Yellowstone, to be honest, is overrated. It just wasn't my cup of tea. We made the trip up to Banff last summer, and that was one of the most gorgeous places I've ever been, the Canadian Rockies. So all those spots, you can't go wrong. I love them. 20, have you guys found a place that you potentially wanted to live? At this point, Nashville is actually our top pick. We have a lot of friends that we've met there. We love the city. It's comparable to Austin, a little bit smaller. Traffic isn't quite as crazy. And you get a little bit more seasonality, and it's not as hot. So Nashville is currently at the top of our list. And 21, why did we choose to live in an RV? Uh, We chose to live in an RV mostly by accident. We wanted to travel across the U.S., and we calculated that buying an RV would be the quickest Way for us to visit all fifty states in the most cost efficient versus staying in hotels. Uh, we had no idea that we would continue to live in an RV for the next three years and indefinitely, and, and talk about this on a podcast and a blog and a YouTube channel and share this lifestyle with other people, or that we would love it so much. The rest happened uh, because we just genuinely enjoy this lifestyle, and it hasn't gotten old to us. It's helped bring us closer together in marriage. You know, we worked side by side every day. We figure out our business together, and it's helped lead to our next entrepreneurial adventure, which is campground booking and an industry that I think will be in and around for you know for a really long time. And th- I, I've told a lot of my friends this when I talk to them. But it, there's a lot of worse industries to be in than the travel and recreation industry. You know, I could be in a lot of industries that are not as fun. Finance one, maybe it makes more money, but. This is fun and it has a lot of things that I really love and so it's special and I'm really grateful that we found this lifestyle. If you guys have any questions or any topics that you'd want me to potentially cover in some of these mini episodes, always feel free to reach out at Heath Paget on Instagram and Twitter and shoot me a message on there and just let me know if there's anything that you want me to cover on upcoming podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in and I'll see y'all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.